Miracy. The flea, the grasshopper, and the frog once wanted to find out which of them could jump highest. So they invited the whole world and anybody else who liked to come and see the grand sight. The three famous jumpers were there, as was seen by everyone when they met together in the grand hall. I will give my daughter to he who shall jump highest, said the king. It would be too bad for you to have the trouble of jumping and for us to offer you no prize. Hi, I'm Lisa Bloom, the Story Coach, and you're listening to Once Upon a Business. In each episode, we explore a story, a fairy tale, folk tale, or traditional story, so that we can discover the amazing lessons relevant for business and for entrepreneurs. The flea was the first to introduce himself. He had such polite manners and bowed to the company on every side, for he was of noble blood Besides, he was accustomed to the society of man. This had been a great advantage to him. Next came the grasshopper. He was not quite so slightly and elegantly formed as the flea. However, he knew perfectly well how to conduct himself and wore a green uniform, which belonged to him by right of birth. Moreover, he declared himself to have come from a very ancient and honorable Egyptian family and that in his present home he was very highly esteemed. So much so, indeed, that he had been taken out of the field and put into a card house, three stories high. It was built on purpose for him, and all of court cards, the coloured sides being turned inwards, and as for the doors and windows in his house, they were cut out of the body of the Queen of Hearts. And I can sing so well, added he, that sixteen parlour-bred crickets have chirped and chirped ever since they were born, and yet could never get anybody to build them a card house. After hearing me, they have fretted themselves ten times thinner than ever out of sheer envy and vexation. Both the flea and the grasshopper knew excellently well how to make the most of themselves, and each considered himself quite an equal match for a princess. The frog said not a word. However, it might be that he thought the more, and the house dog, after going snuffing about him, confessed that the frog must be of a good family, and the old councillor, who in vain received three orders to hold his tongue, declared that the frog must be gifted with the spirit of prophecy, for one could read on his back whether there was to be a severe or a mild winter, which, to be sure, is more than could be read on the back of a man who writes the weather forecast. Ah, I say nothing for the present, remarked the old king, but I observe everything and form my own private opinion thereupon. And now the match began. The flea jumped so high that no one could see what had become of him, and so they insisted that he had not jumped at all, which was disgraceful, after he had made such a fuss. The grasshopper only jumped half as high, but he jumped right into the king's face and the king declared he was quite disgusted by his rudeness. The frog stood still, as if lost in thought. At last, people fancied he did not intend to jump at all. I'm afraid he's ill, said the dog. And he went sniffing at him again when, lo, all at once he made a little sidelong jump into the lap of the princess, who was sitting on a low stool close by. Then spoke the king, There is nothing higher than my daughter. Therefore he who jumps up to her jumps highest. 
but only a person of good understanding would ever have thought of that. And thus the frog has shown that he has understanding. He has brains in his head, that he has. And thus the frog won the princess. I jumped highest for all that, exclaimed the flea, but it's all the same to me. Let her have the stiff-legged slimy creature if she likes him. I jumped highest, but I'm too light and airy for this stupid world. The people can neither see me nor catch me. Dullness and heaviness win the day with them. And so the flea went into the foreign service, where, it is said, he was killed. And the grasshopper sat on a green bank, meditating on the world and its goings-on. And at length he repeated the flea's last words, Yes, dullness and heaviness win the day. Dullness and heaviness win the day. And then he again began singing his own peculiar melancholy song. And it is from him that we have learnt this history. And yet, my friend, though you read it here in a printed book, it may not be perfectly true. This story was by Hans Christian Andersen. The stories of Hans Christian Andersen bring me back to my childhood. Not just the written stories, but the wonderful movie with Danny Kaye playing the famous storyteller himself. I loved Danny Kaye movies, and this one especially. And I remember all the songs and all the lyrics and, of course, all the stories. This story is not one of his most famous, and the language feels old-fashioned and formal. Yet, as I listen to the story, I see Danny Kaye's smiling eyes and imagine the playfulness that Anderson brought to so many of his stories. He would personify animals with such clear human traits that we can't avoid understanding his critique of human behavior in these stories. In this one, the grasshopper and the flea are so proud and vain, each one exulting in its own glory, and yet, as we know, pride comes before a fall, so it's not surprising when they both fail. It's an interesting lesson for business and for entrepreneurs, a warning of sorts, not to be too proud or boastful, not to overpromise, but instead to bring thought and intention into our actions, as the frog did in the story. I've seen in the online marketing of self-development programs and services this kind of pride and vanity. The marketing is so strong, the language so persuasive, and yet the content and quality can fall short. This may convince people to sign up for a service or program, but they'll never come back again. For the sake of longevity and sustainability, we need to shy away from this kind of behavior. It also speaks to the idea that what a thing looks like and what it sounds like are not enough. We need to make sure that we put good thought into building our programs and services so that it's not just arrogance and boastfulness like the flea and the grasshopper, but actual valuable content. The two take their jump, the flea disappearing, and the grasshopper flying into the king's face. Both are fates that are not taken well, so despite their view that they are suited for the princess, they're out of the competition. But then there's the frog. He waits, hesitates, seems to assess the ground before him and jumps right into the princess's lap, a smart move that gets him the king's approval. The king says, there's nothing higher than a princess, and says that the frog has used thinking his brains to figure this out, so the frog wins. It suggests that in business we need to be smart, to use our brains to come up with the right solutions to tricky situations, especially where competition is involved. This speaks to how we differentiate ourselves in our business. Most of the markets we work in have significant competition, so how can we use our brains to figure out our own differentiator? It's interesting, though, that the flea and the grasshopper 
are such bad losers. They both declare dullness and heaviness win the day. It's also interesting and strange that the frog wins, but we hear no more of him or the princess, and it is the grasshopper that tells the tale. So the flea and the grasshopper are light, ambitious, but also vain and proud. The frog is dull and heavy, yet thoughtful and smart. And with all that, the grasshopper survives and tells the story. Maybe it's a comment that we are all things, and we need to notice what state or characteristic we bring forward. We need to choose to act from the characteristic or talent that will get us the outcome we desire. In the end, we're told that the story may not exactly be true. I've wondered again and again, why would Anderson end the story this way? I suspect that it's a comment on the subjectivity of truth, that we only hear a story from a witness to it, and that witness may be unreliable. So we're told the story and the perspective that the person telling it wants us to hear, and we can choose what to believe. This is true as a consumer. We shouldn't take things at face value, but should do research and due diligence before we invest in a program or service. And it's true as an entrepreneur, where your success is dependent upon going deep into knowledge and skill, gathering perspectives and creating a vision of something, a program or service that will have great impact. So we have within us all the human characteristics and we can use them in good measure. I'm Lisa Bloom, and you've been listening to Once Upon a Business. You can find out more about me at story-coach.com. That's story-coach.com. Once Upon a Business is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Making It and To Lead is Human. This episode of Once Upon a Business was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Mishi Lance and Jeff Govertson assembled the episode. Danny Inney is our executive producer. To catch the episodes that are coming up on Once Upon a Business, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It really does help us out. Thank you. We'll see you next time.